Welcome, everybody, to the Carolina Outdoors. Come on in. The listening is fine. We're talking about all things outdoors, people that are making outdoor things happen, and anything in between. We come in each week here into the studios of WBT Radio as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard early on Saturday mornings, or the people who subscribe to us via podcast, Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. If you're doing that, rate and review us, especially if you like what you hear. It helps other people find the Carolina Outdoors. Again, the podcast is Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. A little bit of what we're talking about this weekend and week is um, about dogs. We're going to look a little bit back in time because it was 1884, a group of 13 breed clubs Ten American and three Canadian formed the American Kennel Club. Those clubs got together to do everything to advance the study, breeding, and exhibiting of thoroughbred dogs. Why are we talking about that now? Is because recently two new species of dogs were added, the Moody and another one, if I can find it right here, the Russian toy. Thank you so much. The voice you hear right there, Wes Lawson, who is by the campfire as we speak. And Wes, hats off to that because you are by the campfire on a weekend as we all wish we were. And we're talking a little bit about this new additions. And Wes, we wanted to jump in with you to find out who you have by the campfire with you. And if they're a kennel club registered species of dogs you know what they are so you may hear heavy breathing it's not me it's our australian cattle dog our red healer named archie who is uh little little big right now and he's on his back breathing heavily making me rub his ears so he that is a uh, a working dog much like the moody that shares probably a little bit of common heritage uh Australian cattle dogs are this interesting blend of Border Collie and allegedly Dingo and maybe one other dog breed who, like their name, they will nip at the heels of livestock or people to move them along. Um, and like the Moody, this kind of herding and working dog has to be exercised, mind and body. Those dogs, if they get bored, they get destructive. Uh, they always look for look for trouble, um, whether that's playing with a person or another dog. They need focus and exercise. Uh, And then our other one, I've got a uh, Labrador, which I think was, um, this one in particular was bred, I think, to sleep on the couch, just like (laughs) our Great Dane. Uh, Great Danes, as it were, were um, bred by Haverty's Furniture Company to sleep on the couch, uh, because that's what he does, is take up all of the furniture, um, he would be terrified, Bill, of that new breed, that Russian toy. Well, uh, even though Ivan is 130 pounds, he would be terrified of that thing. Well, the Russian toy, the the Moody is is spelled M-U-D-I, but uh, pronounced mm. Moody. Um, you know, was also a shepherding dog. Uh, you know, they used them in Asia and and uh, Eastern Europe, driving. Um, buffalo and all kinds of stuff like that but it's funny that you mentioned that cattle dog um there because i mentioned these 10 american breeds and three mm-hmm. canadian breeds or clubs that founded the american kennel club 
Um, back, this is in the late 19th century, um, the American Kennel Club began refusing to allow Canadian dogs um, without a US or American pedigree to participate in showing. The reason was because of the trend of the purebred cattle organizations. Um, so they had a little bit of a breakup because of what your dog there um, on your lap has to do with. So a little bit of of warfare between American and, and Canadian um, breeds, which affected the show. Well, you know, people think now that we that we're kind of weird about our animals that we you know we we baby them too much, but that's always been the case. You know, as long as we've been breeding and and rearing animals and livestock, that's always been the case. That's why we have so many different breeds of horses, cows, donkeys, chickens, you name it. It's because of that kind of uh, love and affection for and and really seeking out of of perfection, which is why with uh, cattle dogs or that that Moody. Both are like true, like so many working dogs are predisposed to merling, uh, which is kind of like in horses and cows. You can see merles and piebalds. Uh, you don't want to ever have two merled dogs mate because it can cause all kinds of um, genealogical issues and, you know, it can predispose them to other health concerns. And you know, so dogs really aren't that much different than, than livestock in the way that we treat them and how we judge them. Well, I might have to stop now. This is a right turn for me because you used the term merling. Mm. Can you explain that, what that is? Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about like, um, think of a of a dog that is predominantly one color. Let's say it's it's a black dog, but then typically around the face or throughout this, the flanks and the body, you will see uh, not just speckling and spots, but almost like a pattern of typically a contrasting color like white coming through there. Or in the case of my cattle dog, he's a, a reddish-orange base, but there is this gray and white that comes through, and that's merle. Um, and in herding dogs and working dogs, it can be a little more common, but if you have two different merle dogs who have a litter, it can predispose that litter to other genetic shortcomings, essentially. They could, they could have, like in the case of cattle dogs, uh, that can be predisposed to deafness or uh, blindness, which none of my dogs have ever experienced. But um, it's just it's a genetic condition like in horses and cows. When you have a piebald, um, it's not just that the fur is a different color. It's actually the skin underneath is different. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, to the, to the non-competitive person, to the non-breeder, we think that's a cute dog or that's a cute cow. But to the breeder, that can be a sign of, of something they want to breed out. So, it, you know, it's just one more thing. When we show animals, we, you know, we're always looking for the best show condition animal. It doesn't mean it's the best field animal, but we want the, you know, the right height, the right flank width, and, you know, at the withers and the, the, the right coloring and the eyes to match. And what's the tongue look like? Because, you know, dog folks, especially when you get into labs and goldens, they get really in the weeds sometimes about the color of the of the uh, dog's tongue, and especially in labs, if they have that knot on the back of their head. Of course, the a key, lot goes into this stuff. A lot goes into it, and for that reason, in fact, that some of the these newer breeds, they're not new breeds at all. These dogs have been around for decades and decades. Uh, in, in fact, the Moody, um, that name 
has been around since the the 1930s, but it's just now um, being recognized. Again, if you're just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors, along with the Russian toy, that what that means, what that means is they're now eligible to compete for best in show at many of the United States dog shows um, across the U.S., including the big one, the AKC. Um, championship and the prestigious Westminster Kennel Club shows. So that's what that means is these two new species are now allowed to be recognized in competition. AKC uh, sponsored things. Wes, it doesn't sound like yours are going to take up the cause to go to New York and participate. They're not going to make it, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, but what they are, and again, uh, AKC is 138 years old, located in New York City. Wes, we like right where you and your dogs are. We miss you in Studio D, but we know the campfire is all the more important, especially during these cooler January uh, days that are upon us. It's good to have a campfire and a good dog or three uh, keeping you warm. It's, you know, crucial to have a good campfire when it's 34 degrees outside, but what a time to be out there. Hey, and Bill, real quick, you know, that Russian toy, Peter the Great had those at his summer palace, and that was more than 138 years ago. So that breed's been around for a little while. center stage (laughs) well it just made it to the united states or at least to the akc american uh, kennel club and i don't know can you stick around for two more minutes yeah or maybe three if you're just joining us the voice over there wes lawson from the campfire bill barty in with tj boggs in studio d um we mentioned the cold weather. You mentioned 30-ish degrees. The coldest month in Charlotte on average. Can you name it, Wes Lawson? Not to put you on the spot. The coldest month on average? In Charlotte, uh, yes. February. It is January. According to the National Weather Service records, the average January temperature in Charlotte uh, through the ages or at least since 1871, based on those records, is 40.1 degrees. So um, that is it on average. Um, The coldest January on record um, had an average temperature of 30.1 degrees. That was in 1977. That cold weather time still stands. All right, well, Wes, since you gave us those two minutes uh, extra, can you name the earliest snowfall that came to this area, according to the National Weather Service? TJ, you can jump in too. This one, I bet the earliest. I bet it was October. <laughs> Good man, it was late oh, October, uh, uh, Halloween, in fact. Now I talked to a couple of old timers back uh, in 1887. And they said that this snowfall was not much to speak of. It was, it was a rainy Halloween, and it had a little bit of snow. Nothing that now, stuck. Do you think they had a lot of carriage accidents? You know, all the four-wheel drive carriages were trying to go too fast <laughs> in the left lane. There was better <laughs> road repair store. back then. <laughs> they, yeah. had the, yeah. they put shoes on the horses with, uh, yeah. with ice spikes on them. How about the latest time... Um, for a snow may in, i'm gonna in, say may uh, i'm gonna say uh april 24th wow 
Well, that's oddly getting close specific, to me. Oddly specific. You were very, both of you, we'll call this a tie. Uh, the latest came uh, more than a month into spring in 1928. It was April 28th. Oh, so close. So close. That's, wow. that's close. That's two days from your, no, that's four days from your date. Yeah, close. Yeah, two days from Wes's. All right. <laughs> Continuing on, this is all according to the National Weather Service. Uh, the Charlotte Observer compiled this. Charlotte's snowiest month ever, according to the National Weather Service, um, was March of 1960. In that month, the city of Charlotte got 19.3 inches of snow. Wow. Can you imagine? No thanks. That's, March, pretty, that's pretty good. And with that said, the heaviest snowfalls, as we rapid fire through this, Wes Lawson over there, T.J. Boggs in, I'm Bill Barty. The most snow Charlotte has ever gotten in a single day was in February of 1902. The amount, 14 inches. Wow. You know, early 2000s couldn't have been too far behind that. I don't know, 2001 or two, around December or January, there was a pretty good blizzard because I remember it took me the better part of an entire day to get from Charleston to Charlotte. And I felt like, you know, there was six, eight, nine inches of snow on the ground, maybe more. <laughs> well, I've got the data right here to back up what you're talking about. You may be talking about the third highest in Charlotte's history was February of 2004, and that snowfall... Uh, Time was 11.6 inches. Um, wow. Second to that 2004 time was January of 1988. I'm sure many of our listeners can remember that one as well. That was 12.1 inches. That was the second highest snowfall in a single day uh, back in January 1988. So the big question is, what do you do if that happens? And I, I have more data talking about weather but if that happens this is all based on winter finally coming to charlotte north carolina here in 2022 after the days of 70 degrees that we had in december we have had reports of flurries a little bit later on in the program we're going to go to beach mountain to find out about all the snowfall that they had up there um, but the national weather service piggybacking what we're talking about with these coldest months and largest uh, snowfalls and all of that sort of thing is that according to the National Weather Service, this winter is going to be relatively mild. So we're going to okay. have a relatively mild. That does not mean that it will not snow because if you're a fan of winter, um, some of the biggest snowfalls have happened in a, a mild winter, but they happen later. So nobody knows. So temperatures are forecasted so if it to be. Do, if it does snow, we need to go ahead and stockpile our our snowballs just to make sure we can have snowball fights <laughs> yeah. all winter Put long. Put them in the freezer. It, it sounds like yeah. a commercial that's been on. Um, hey, I gotta say this, and I don't know if you guys, a lot of the old timers who listen to the Carolina Outdoors, you know who you are. Uh, follow the old farmers' almanac. Those things. The, the most recent 2022 forecast, sorry, 2021 into the winter of 2022 forecast calls for a cold, dry winter across North Carolina. So cold weather um, is predicted according to the Old Farmer's Almanac. Keep that snow away from here. 
Well, that's what it says. A normal amount of annual snowfall in Charlotte, dare we guess? T.J. Boggs, what's your guess for a normal amount of annual snowfall? Oh, an inch. 4.3 inches. Oh, wow. Although recent winters have been below average, so you would be more correct. December yeah, maybe 20... in the last 10 years I'd be all right. <laughs> you you would. Um, the highest recent was 2013 and 14. Charlotte got 9.3 inches of snow. But, you know, I think when, when, when 485 was completed around Charlotte, it created some sort of invisible barrier, a heat dome, if you will, that has kept a lot of that weather getting inside of our beltway because it really, you know, we're like Atlanta or Columbia, which, as we all know, is the hottest place on Earth, that it just doesn't snow here like it does even just 30 minutes away. It's funny you say that. So 485 is kind of like the Appalachian Mountains because if weather's coming in, we could get Al Conklin in here, uh, head meteorologist over at WBTV, newly named head meteorologist. But um, if if weather comes in and hits the mountains, of course the mountains get all the weather. And just like some recent uh, fronts that have come through, then they go towards New England and it, yeah, towards New England and does not come into us. But if it comes up west, that... Uh, that I-85 corridor out of Atlanta yeah. comes from the south towards us here in the Carolina, kind of s- s- circumventing the Appalachian Mountains, that's when we get real weather. Yeah, those mountains act like an escalator and just push that weather away from us and up north. But if it comes in below there, you know, we get lucky every now and then. But, yeah, it's amazing, though. If, if, it, if it does make it over the mountains, 485 makes a difference for the Charlotte area as far as what does and doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's build a couple more loops then. Let's keep that weather away from here. Yeah. <laughs> Concentric rings to heat it all up like, yes. like an old stove burner? Yeah, I'm here for it. And here, I've got some of this. Uh, my attribution, Mary Ramsey, has uh, helped compile many of these facts I have here from uh, the Charlotte Observer Winter forecast, no predictions for Charlotte. She didn't put that 485 part in there, Wes. That was on you. But thank you for jumping away from the yeah, campfire. Scratch scratch old Archie behind the ear. And um, thanks, thanks for joining us on this segment. We're going to miss you for the next segment because we're going to head over to Beach Mountain and find out the word on the street is they have some of the finest snow on the slopes. So we're going to have Talia Freeman give us the lowdown. I was going to say, that's the word on the street, but what's the word on the slope? Ah. Find out what that's going on. And and if people still ski with blue jeans on, that's the other big question. <laughs> we, we are going to get that. Are helmets off and blue jeans on, or is it vice versa? Stay tuned mm. for that when we come back on the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 